Hello, and welcome to another edition of Cheers PA Beer Talk. I am your host, Mike Lintel, where we sit down and talk to interesting and exciting stories from around Pennsylvania's breweries. And today we've got a hidden gem, in my opinion. In Lewistown, there's a brewery by the name of Shy Bear, and we are joined by its co-owner, Jason Ufima. Jason, thank you so much for being a part of this. I love your brewery. I can't wait to get into just the ambiance and the aesthetic and just everything is just such a great experience. But we always start off with the same question for everyone. What is the beer that really got you interested in craft beer and made you either wanted to open a brewery or, you know, made you decide, I want to drink something a little bit better. Is there a beer there for you? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate the shout out. That's a really long story because there are a lot of different beers along the way that kind of created the journey for me. But honestly, it was, you know, starting with macro beers when you are just starting to taste them and then realizing that there was a whole lot more out there. But I probably would say that, you know, Yingling Lager, obviously, to a point was a push into something different. But what really opened my eyes, I think, and most people would say is Sierra Nevada Parallel was that hop explosion that had never really touched my palate before. And that really kind of woke me up to what is what is out there. Well, that's a really great one. Uh, a very similar beer for me. It was Lagunitas. Lagunitas and Sierra Nevada Parallel were just like neck and neck in terms of I've never tasted anything quite like this. And really got me interested in going down that hoppy rabbit hole where nothing worse than ending up there. Right. So we mentioned earlier that your brewery, in my opinion, just a hidden gem, just beautiful space. Mm -hmm. You're in Lewistown. Can you give us uh, just a little bit of like how you ended up there and where Shy Bear got its origin? We started here because we live here. We live on the property. My father started Rich Coast Coffee in 1978 that at one time was actually the service department of that was inside of the brewery and where I was doing our small batch roasting of uh, shade-grown organic fair trade coffees. And the main story of how it kind of came about was really looking at creating a cafe in that space and realizing that there was a lot of build-out. There were ADA parking spaces and, and widening doorways and access issues, parking issues. And really looking at that as a whole and saying, well, this is our time to do what I've been wanting to do for a long time anyway, which was uh, the craft beer restaurant space with the idea that the destination was part of it from the very beginning. We realized that there was a microclimate in Lewistown and in Mifflin County that would allow us to do some of what we wanted to do for locals. But we realized that if social media, obviously <laughs> what the media we're on right now Anything that gets the word out these days that a destination place like this is so much more attainable as long as you are hitting all of the things that you know you want to do from the get-go. Absolutely. And I would honestly say that in terms of like a destination, I would consider you more of a hidden gem versus, you know, off the beaten path because I didn't realize how close you are to 322 and just the, your proximity between State College and Harrisburg and what that opens up just in those two markets is incredible. And you consider what the traffic is like for eight or nine Saturdays a year. And it's just, it's massive. And it doesn't disappoint because when you get there, it's just such a beautiful property. You're so, I can see the light coming in from behind you. You just, it's such great light, but it's treed, it's dense. It's just, it's quiet and serene. It's such a beautiful place. And the vision to carry that coffee experience of a cafe into the brewery, it really feels that when you're in the tasting room, because you don't feel like you're necessarily at a regular tasting room because it's the lighting is beautiful, the 
the fixtures, everything is very thought out. And I think that that whole experience really catches you off guard when you're like, I just got off the exit at Lewistown and like this place is amazing. I've been back personally a couple times. I was there for work a few times, but it's always just a great destination place to visit. And the food is tremendous right along with the beer. So was it always the intention that whatever you're doing, whether it was the coffee, then into the brewing, and then as well as the food, the highest level that we can attain with the care of we want to put our best foot forward? That seems to be my interpretation. Sure. I mean, I think that I would guess that anybody who's doing food wants to do it well. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I'm that much different or we're so special versus somebody else, but I think there is a level of attention that is suggesting that there are going to be ingredients on menu items for us that aren't going to just be the standard fare. That being said, I also feel like we can't go with eight farm-to-table entrees and feel that we're going to be an attainable brew pub either. So you have to find that kind of interesting gauge of it, but also letting the cook and our head chef, Johnny, have his thumbprint in it. Because if not, then if it's just mine the entire way, then there's no real, I would say, any growth in the idea of where the identity of our food comes from. Yeah. And I I would disagree with one point in the, I mean, the Aloha Tower was, (laughs) I mean, that's sensational. And that's not the only time I've seen you do something that's just like, I've never seen this level of thought and preparation go into a dish at a brewery. So in terms of, yeah, everyone wants to do food, but you're not throwing hot dogs and corn dogs out there. Like there's some serious, even the, like the burgers and the things that you're doing that are more uh, approachable or more familiar, I would say, mm-hmm. are still done. It's such a quality that's exceptionally rare in operating a brewery. So I guess that's where I was coming from with that. But yeah, everyone wants to have food, but you guys clearly... <laughs> Um, I mean, just it's gorgeous in there. And the food is as nice to look at as it is to eat. So well, sometimes when it comes to burgers and things of that nature, you just basically do as little to it as possible, as long as you start with a very good base you know, meat as, as we use for that burger. So sometimes I see people trying to put too many, either too many spices or try to too, do too, too many things with it. But uh, I think that, you know, our burger is our number one seller because it kind of hits on all the bases that people want. But I do agree. It, there are a lot of places where you can go wrong with a burger. And I think overall that uh, we're very happy with the way that our burger has uh, evolved over the years. Yeah. And you said something there that really resonated because I see it in your beer as well, not throwing too much at something. You know, a lot of your beers, your brewer has a very technical approach and he does everything just the the quality of the styles and it's a wide range of styles is always exceptional. And he does beers that you're not really able to hide behind. You know, he's not throwing a lot of different things at it to maybe mask an off flavor here or something there. Like he'll put out like that. Logan Pilsner is tremendous, never disappoints and you can't hide, you know, it's just a, it's a crisp, clean beer. Where did you find him and how grateful are you for his brewing palate? Oh, Roger. Yeah, Roger McKelvey, has, uh, he's been with us a little over two years now, two and a half years almost. He originally started in packaging at Cigar City in Tampa, uh, had kids, moved up uh, back closer to family, and uh, was a uh, cellarman at uh, Pizza Boy um, in Enola, and uh, took a, a brief stint from there <clears throat> into um, making biodiesel, uh, thinking that, you know, a nine to five job, it's basically like brewing beer, but with ethanol, 
Um, and he just felt that his, uh, his heart really wasn't in it. Uh, he really liked making beer and things that he can consume instead of putting mm-hmm. in your car. So it was a, it was a, um, it was a happy incident that we got him back, uh, into the brewing world and, and very fortunate. Um, and actually, uh, really funny side story was that the only reason why I ever came across him was that John Stemmler at Free Will Brewing was hiring for a, a uh, for an assistant brewer at the time. And I knew that he would be getting a ton of applicants. And I was friendly with him. And I asked John, I said, hey, is it possible if somebody who came in like a close second that uh, you would uh, share that uh, that resume with me? And he said, yeah, this uh, this guy, we would hire right on the spot. Um, except that the guy that we hired just had, you know, a lot more experience in directly in what we were looking for, but mm. otherwise he would have been our direct choice and he actually lives pretty close to you. So, um, wow. it was, uh, another, another instance of where, of how this industry is so intertwined with good people and also that sharing that information was in his mind, bettering the the beer culture in Pennsylvania, not competition, you know, so um, kudos to him and and thankful that we, uh, we found Roger, but yeah, the beers that he makes are um, there's really, there, there's obviously styles that are full of whimsy and fun and you can hide behind some of those, Sure, but, but these lagers that we make um, part of this, the, the water quality we have in Lewistown is phenomenal. And uh, that, you talk to any brewer and they'll tell you if, if you don't start with the best water for a lager, it's tough to, to, um, to back it up, but our, our water and the process that we have, it, it is clearly made us, I think, a, um, a forerunner in, in craft lagers. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, and I never even considered the water part of it. And, you know, that brings me to my next question about, I'd heard some stories about your commitment to the environment and stuff that you guys are doing there at the brewery with, you know, the solar panels and recycling your hops and trub and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. for your compost. But um, is that a holistic viewpoint? Or I mean, are you very grateful for the the land that you have there? And are you a real advocate for the outdoors there within the county? Yeah, I, it, it obviously, I'd be lying if I said there isn't an economic benefit to it. But the uh, but when you look at the whole aspect of what anybody does in business, I mean, I think you everyone needs to look at their stewardship of what they leave behind when creating a business. And some of it is economic, some of it is esteem, um, whatever it is that you're going into business for. For me, it was, um, it just feels like it's the right, it was the right environment for the amount of solar that we produce for the amount of things that we recycle. Um, people actually are amazed between our two businesses. We have a very small five-yard dumpster um, that between uh, Rich Coast and Shy Bear, and that people are amazed that that's, that's only the amount of garbage that we produce on top of our house being here. Um, it's, uh, we try to take everything into account, anything that can be reused, anything that can be repurposed, uh, and, uh, particularly when the sun is free energy, um, you might as well take. Absolutely. That's such a, I love the the term stewardship. It's uh, something that I care 
very much about as well. So I'm glad to hear that you know, you're carrying some of that through with uh, how you're operating the business and how you look at the legacy of what you're trying to leave behind. That's that's really cool. The, uh, the entire vibe at Shy Bear is just magical. I mean, I, I mentioned, you know, when you drive up that tree line driveway and then all of a sudden it just opens up and it's just the buildings are beautiful, but then you see that courtyard and what a beautiful outdoor space and such a fun way to do so many different things. Um, where did the interest in having big outdoor venue concert type of a space attached to your cafe, where did that come in from? Or was that always something from the beginning you wanted to see? That was something from the very beginning. I, uh, knowing and talking with my wife, Jen, who, um, obviously she runs all of the, uh, the front of the house stuff and, and coordinates all of our staff. So, um, big kudos to her as well for everything that she does inside of, the the experience the server experience that people mm. get uh there that's all her um yeah definitely kudos to her. i hate to interrupt you but i've had some great service both by myself and i was there with my son and my wife uh i think he was like nine months at the time and people were super cool it was a friday night it wasn't like we were there late but we weren't early and like no one really had a problem with the kid being in it the servers were great with you know accommodating the needs of what we needed as parents with a small child and just it was super grateful and what a you know very uh, kind experience uh, yeah. for us. So thank you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, not to go too far on a sideline, but the our our philosophy kind of go into the into the stewardship side. Our feeling with that with children is that this is this is our time to teach children what responsible alcohol consumption is like. Mm. You know that a lot of there's a, obviously there's a very hot button issue right now and. Uh, taking your kids to uh, breweries and what kind of, you know, but it's not like a saloon, you know, a type of um, Wild West where it's going to be a, a gunslinger at noon. Uh, but there is a, but there's a stigma about alcohol and about any decisions that we make. But that's, that's a whole other argument for another day. But uh, our, our philosophy, children, dogs, um, anything that brings you joy should should be part of your uh, experience at at Shiver. but um but to your original question on on the live music side that was always part of our 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 intention obviously we hindsight being 2020 we would have changed a lot of things about the layout had we known that the outdoor space would be so popular i mm. thought we would get some people that would come out here or there but uh when it's uh April through October and 85 to 90% of your, of your clientele is sitting outside. Uh, we obviously would have changed some service ideas of where food and, and drink is coming from. That being said, um, it's kind of nice because you don't really have that as a distraction. You're really just kind of focusing on the music and the ambiance and the trees and breeze coming through the valley. Um, yeah. I, I think that personally, that's what I enjoyed the most about it was that you didn't feel like there was all that overwhelming. Sur I know that from your side, it can be challenging not having the support and the resources to service when you have such a large crowd outside. But at the same time, if you can mitigate that through your staff to be able to keep that more of a uh, an artist friendly zone is really very nice as an experience for just taking in a concert. So definitely something worth checking out. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, you go into the, in, your brew house is exceptionally clean. 
I, this is a side tangent, but just like your whole back of the house and everything, every time I've been there for a keg delivery or something, when I was with Big Hill, mm-hmm. everything was just such in great shape and nice. It's a, it's refreshing to see uh, the, you know, the attention and the care going all the way, not just for the guest experience and what they see, but all the way down to just how you operate your business, you know, for your staff. It's just, it's very nice. Appreciate that. Um, where would you say your uh, projects with the barreled beers, where would you say that has come from? Is it something that was a brewer interest? Is that something that you wanted to see? Because originally I didn't notice you having those wild ales and doing some more of those, uh, you know, long format, big bottle format beers. Is that something just with the time of being open and really being able to develop those projects, you're starting to see the fruits of the labor? Definitely. The uh, specifically our wild brook, wild ales, uh, mixed fermented beers that we had just re- have launched. We launched two of four so far. We'll, we'll launch the other two, uh, hopefully October, November, sometime before the holidays is our is our hope. That will be a uh, at that time we'll be launching our um, rustic saison and a blueberry golden sour. Mm. Um, those two, in addition to the two that we just launched, our brewers blend cuvee. And the and the Flanders red brown, uh, those two basically um, everything. It took about two, almost two years to to make. So when when Roger first got his uh, his feet wet, it was first thing like, hey, are we we're doing wilds, right? And I said, of course we are. Whatever you're, whatever you're, whatever you want to do, um, I'm I'm down for it. And and we've always had that in our mind. Obviously, from a farmhouse brewery, that we should have a little bit, you know. The, with the scenery and everything, and we have mm-hmm. the space, uh, obviously ma- maintaining that that area to be clean and no cross contamination. A lot of different uh, safeguards behind keeping everything, uh, keeping uh, church and state separated, <laughs> if you will. But um, they uh, they've come out very well, and um, it's uh, you know for those people who who like. Wild sours, uh, it's something that I definitely would suggest that uh, you take in. And we are allowing them to consume them on on spot. So it's not just take uh, grab and go bottles. So we are allowing people to, to consume them uh, as dine-in. We are, uh, as far as the big format, heavy ABV bottles, that's something we've been doing pretty much all the way. Um, mm-hmm. Those have a minimum of six months aging uh, with anything on, on the clean side. Uh, but uh, we just had these uh, these last two imperial stouts that uh, are really taking off, and at least if untapped is the the verdict, uh, which is always a another side conversation. Uh, but at least as far as untapped world, um, people are are loving them just as much as us. Yeah, my opinion is untapped. Yeah, if it's good, it's good, and if it's not, I didn't see it. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Oh man. Um, so I had uh, I noticed that the uh, blue and white for life is back again yep. this year. Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about that collaboration and kind of what it means to you and those great breweries that you're working with? Sure. Yeah, Stable Twelve, Locust Lane, and ourselves uh, put this together a couple years ago. Uh, the first version was a blueberry milkshake IPA, trying to really go after the blue and white um, connotation. But uh, this year we thought, let's, uh, you know, it's still warm out. Let's try to keep the, this kind of quenching 
uh, on a uh, on a game day. So we have a five percent hazy pale ale, um, and then we also this this year we partnered with uh, with Deer Creek Malt House, who provided local Pennsylvania blue corn. So that gives us a little bit of the blue um, idea, and uh, and then we used uh, wheat a wheat base with that as well. So a little bit of flaked wheat. The blue corn adds a really interesting exotic. Um, I wouldn't say like almost to a rye standpoint where it's not as peppery as a mm-hmm. rye malt, but it definitely adds a certain um, graininess to the to the taste profile that isn't just going to be super sweet uh, or soft as a as a hazy sometimes will be. So it kind of gives a little bit of West Coast touch to something that has some pininess as well as the citrus notes. So I think altogether for a five percent beer. Uh, I think it's going to be very popular for us, and uh, and obviously, leading into the first home football game on Friday, uh, we're expecting uh, quite a crowd uh, coming here to uh, to visit us on our, on on the way to the promised land. Absolutely, yeah. Game days in the Happy Valley, I'm sure, are always uh, good times for you, and as well as what 120,000 plus of your best friends. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. The, uh, I don't have parking for all of that, but like a small percentage. You can figure out how to get a little roadside stand out on 322 license for nine weekends a year. You would be doing all right. I would like that. That would be fun. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, if we can figure it out, I think you're the man for it. And just right. the vision that you've had for that place and just how it's been built out. And I know you've had help and you have partners and all that. And it's very nice that you uh, have such a collaborative approach to everything you're doing there, but it's really refreshing to see community reinvigorated or built around a place that's not necessarily everyone clamoring for the same piece of land where you're saying, we're going to go and we're going to stake a claim to making this our place. And it doesn't have to ascribe to what is here. We can just make it our own. And it's, it's super refreshing. And someone who didn't grow up in Pennsylvania, really nice to just see someone decide to change a little bit of a little place and say that we're going to make it our place instead of it just where it's at so the uh the whole approach is it's very intentional and super thoughtful and we appreciate it yeah i mean i it 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 is a to your point when you have people and there are there are people who get it people who don't you know they look at this and they think it's not necessarily the environment that maybe they are interested in they're used to what they what they know but I have to say that the the parts that keep you going, there's plenty of frustrating parts of any industry you're in. But mm-hmm. the things that keep you going are the locals who have such pride and look around and they don't know anybody who is there at the brewery. I mean, they mm-hmm. maybe see a, a familiar face here or there, but they're just astounded by the amount of people that come from all over the state, all over the country at this point. And it's a, um, those are the things where they just feel like, well, it's finally time that people understand and see what this area is like. Why, why do we live here? Why is this um, important to us? Why is the, the space and the cleanliness and the friendliness of, of Mifflin Countyans? Why, why is this important to us? And this just sheds light on it. And um, I'm, I'm happy to be uh, one of those places that can install pride in, in people who live here. People deserve nice things. And, you know, it shouldn't just be, you know, I live in a very rural area too. And it's, we had a restaurant that was 
people coming from Frederick to Carlisle, like driving over an hour and the, locally some people got it and they were very proud to have something like that. And just really happy to have it. And some were just like, I just don't get it, but it's never been about, well, if it's not for you, then, you know, you need to get out of here. I think it's just sharing these beautiful places that Pennsylvania has that maybe just get driven by because it just never got the exposure before, but having some of those nice, modern city touches, but still maintaining that rustic and rural environment, I think is important as we bridge the gap in society and trying to find a way to just all come together and have a conversation about anything. Beer really helps. So it's nice that you're building out those spaces and keeping those places alive. And I have to, uh, I just going back to that. I just I'm so glad to see that you didn't go with the blueberry again this year. I'm so, like <laughs> it's just not my style. I, you know, I just oh, understandable. I dug the fact that you brought Deer Creek in and you know the tongue in cheek blue corn, but like that's a real agricultural beer that you're putting out there, and you know really fits in the mission of what I've always seen you as as someone that cares about ingredients and cares about agriculture, and just it's nice to see those notes coming through. Yeah. Because I'm sure those were Pennsylvania blueberries and Pennsylvania milkshake that you were putting in there. Real farm show milkshakes going right into that beer. But, yeah. you know. Dairy men were excited. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason, I do appreciate all your time, man. Is there, is there anything that you uh, would like to share or any places people can check you out, uh, social media or otherwise that you want to promote? Yeah, shybearbrewing.com is our, is our website where you can find everything that's going on here. Um, but also Facebook, Instagram, you'll find us both at Shy Bear Brewing. And uh, those are generally where we'll put more of our day-to-day -day specials, what's going on uh, for the weekend, changes to band schedules, things of that nature. Uh, but they do you know, slightly update the, uh, the website at, over time. Um, but yeah, those are the main places and just uh, keep in touch however, uh, however we can. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely check out that event page. Uh, they're getting some serious talent coming up there. I saw Zach Kings on the schedule. And if y'all yeah. don't know about that, you need to find that man because he yeah. is, he is awesome. he's going to be a name. This, we're making our claim right here. This is it's internet record now, but Zach King's going to do some things. That guy's got a great, great talent. And I'm glad to see he's hooked up with you guys. And along with all the other acts that you get in there, I think I saw a tableside musician when I was there yeah. one time. Yeah, yeah like just, you never know what you're going to see, but it's always a great time and the beer never disappoints. So check out Shy Bear in Lewistown, co-owner, Mr. Jason Ufema. Thank you so much. I Thank appreciate you. your time. Until okay. next time, y'all, I'm Mike Lintel. Cheers, PA.